I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation. Yeah. And Gallifrey One. <laughs> okay, there we go. I knew there was something else. Well, that's the life around and through and between transition and stuff. That's the life once a year. Once a year. When we can escape. Four to five days, yes. It was a good escape. Oh gosh, it was. It was a good time to escape, and there was lots of good things. There were lots of good things, but even right up to the end, we it, there was still this sense that it might not happen. Because we were already there, and I wasn't sure if it was still going to happen. Because as we talked about a month ago with our episode about the kid, parenting has been seriously intensive and we weren't sure that somebody else was going to be able to take that over for us even just for a few days. I got the impression more and more as time moved on that my work wife was down for the cause because she seriously knew how I needed to get out of here for a while. That's funny to me because I am not the person who will take vacations to get away. I am the person who will play a video game or read a book to get away. It's not far enough away for me. See, and for me, I never had the opportunity to take vacations until after you and I had been together for a while. Like I had once hopped a plane and gone somewhere on my own just for the fun of it. And it was in a moment of fuck everything Mm -hmm. that I went to go and hang out with the man who would be my best man in, in our wedding went to hang out with our friend for a Valentine's weekend just after breaking up with someone. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I had never just like gone somewhere for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. That wasn't in my, I had just gotten my taxes back. That's why I was able to have both the time and the money at once. Right. Because that wasn't a thing that I had when I was feeding a family of three or four on a teacher's salary. Correct. In a two-income household, we can occasionally afford these things, although childcare has been eating up a big chunk of that lately. There's so much childcare to be had. There is, mm-hmm. because there's a child who cannot be uncared. Nope, he cannot. So... Well, this time, I really, I was really looking forward to, to Gally just for the event itself. You were, for like a week and a half, two weeks beforehand, like whenever things were exceedingly stressful, you would go off in the other room and look at the, the Sked app or read the Facebook updates about Gallifrey. Like this was... My sitting down with a book or sitting down to kill imaginary things in a screen was your sitting down with the Sked app or the website or mm-hmm. <laughs> the Facebook updates. Like you were already at Galley for a moment or two in between parenty shit. Yes, I was. And so you really did need to go, even though your work wife, who was our primary caregiver for the dog in the house and most of the time for the kid too. Yes. And both kids for a couple days. Both kids for a couple days, you are correct. She knew how nuts the kid was and how much of a challenge it would be, but she was willing to make that sacrifice on your behalf because she's your work wife and she values your sanity. Well, and she's capable. Yes. She's not scared. Thank God. Right? Because he sure scared the babysitter. Oh my gosh. So we get there Wednesday night. We get lots and lots of texts. Thursday night as we're trying to like get everything's starting to get going at the con. Where they need to be and, you know, give them to the people at registration and make sure that everything's set up and get our badges and then get, you know, whatever else needs to happen because we had been helping with setup Thursday morning, which we always do. Mm -hmm. We are on the one team that doesn't get their names in the program book. 
the TARDIS Movers Union. Mm-hmm. So we don't, you know, we're, we're sitting there doing all these things and being so productive and helpful and you start getting these texts. Then I got a phone call. And a phone call. Yeah. And what was our babysitter teacher friend telling you? She said, she sounded pretty panicked, although I couldn't hear very good. So I wasn't sure at first, was she panicked or was it just noisy? And she had texted me so much in between just about the, I'm going to say little things. It's all perspective, folks, that he did in between. Little for him. Yeah. But he had been playing with her son, who's, is he 14 months? Yeah, he's just over one. He's a toddler. And she turned around to get something, a diaper bag. I don't know what. And they were playing like he was bouncing him on the bed. And she thinks that our number two child slammed the baby on the bed because the baby was on his back laying there crying and screaming and he wouldn't stop. And so then she was asking number two child, you know, probably fairly panicked because this is her first child. What happened? You need to tell me what happened because I need to know if he has to go to the hospital. I don't know what's wrong with them because he would not stop screaming. Mm -hmm. And uh, the baby wouldn't. The baby wouldn't. Well, everybody was probably screaming at that point. But. But the baby wouldn't stop wailing in pain and um, probably fear. And so the number two child um, gave her a mouthful of nasty words and a few more mouthfuls of nasty words. And And gave the baby a few mouthfuls of nasty words. Yes. Yes. Because asserting dominance over a baby is... He's not going to play with his pansy-ass self anymore. Oh, my God. Pansy-ass crybaby. Pansy-ass crybaby. That's That's right. Yes, he's a crybaby. He's he's one a baby. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> oh my God. But he he went berserk and then he took off. He he like left the house, ran and just out went of the out. house, and jumped over the fence. Mm-hmm. And uh, over the back fence by the hiking trail. Yeah. So I said, okay. So is the baby okay? Because I couldn't hear him screaming, but I wanted to know. And she said he seemed to be okay now. And I said, okay, that's good. And I said, well. Um, He'll probably come back. And she said, well, I was walking down the trail a bit to see if I could find him by his quote unquote fort where he likes to hang out, but I don't see him there. Right. I said, okay, well, I just think you should text my work wife, the other caregiver, and let her know what happened so that when she's not in the middle of something, she'll see that and then she'll get back to you. And um, I believe what she did was call her. So, um, which she did answer because... Because they are the tag team caregivers for a minor child. And she just said, well, I'm not working very far away and I'm almost done, so I'll see you in a little bit. And then she got here and managed it. You know, they had to make a police report because he's a... Because he's a runaway. Yeah, and because he's a kid with developmental delays and, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. So, So you're managing that all the way from L.A. I am. I am. I didn't have to manage much of it once my work wife was able to get here. She called and said, okay, so we're calling the police and making a report and I'll let you know what happens. I said, thanks. Bye. Yeah, because she's perfectly competent. She is. And she was not rattled by it. No. And she said, "Ah, he'll come back. It's cold out. But you guys work for county mental health services. So I think not being rattled by challenging situations is... The way things work for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. One of our newer co-workers was saying today to me and my work wife, uh, I had this thing all wrapped up and now it came completely unraveled. And, and uh, we said, yep. And she said, <laughs> I'm not used to that. And we said, why not? You you worked in this field. And she said, yes, but it was contained in a classroom. And and, uh, and we said, yeah, it doesn't do that here. No. <laughs> so. Aww. So. Uh, 
Yeah, so yeah. So he did eventually come back, but it was a long time. It was like five hours. It was later in the evening and I was starting to I was starting to feel nervous. I think I got a lot of nervous energy from the babysitter who was really, really rattled. She's got that same kind of contagious anxiety like some people have that, you know, like their anxiety will rub off on you whether you want it or not. Well, I also know how volatile he's been lately, how out of his mind he's been. And how violent he's capable of being. I didn't know, you know, I was worried about the baby. Yes. Like, potentially how bad that could have been. Uh-huh. And I was thinking, if he goes off and gets hurt or something, I'm going to have to leave this con and go back there. And it's terrible to put it in that frame, but that's really at that point. Well, there's you know? nothing else that I would have to come back for. Right. Because everything else my work wife could manage. Right. But if it was something bigger than that, I would probably be expected to come back. Yes. Now, if it was anything that at all that she can manage, like even that he needed the ER or something, she just manage it. Mm-hmm. She's very practical. She is. You know, she. I remember that a few years ago when her mother passed away, which is upsetting to most people. Yes. And it was to her. Um, she was away at a pool tournament, like in a big city, you know, they had playoffs. And um, her sister said, look, you're already there and nothing's going to change between now and a few days from now. You know, there's no, not going to be a funeral for a few days and everything. Right. So just stay there and finish what you're doing. And she did. So she, she would take the most practical approach to how do we do this is reasonably it, without wasting money, without overreacting for no reason? Is it going to make a genuine difference if you come home? Will you genuinely be needed here? Will it make a difference in our ability to address whatever has happened? Right. So, But, you know, so she called back when he came back. Yeah, that's good. I think she texts first or something, but yeah. and she called and said, go have a drink. <laughs> You need one. You did. I but thought, they had- now that I think about it, she probably did too, but she couldn't have one. No. <laughs> I realize oh, that. Poor now. thing. Yeah. yeah. But they had some pretty good uh, Doctor Who themed drinks from what I heard. I didn't actually have any, but I heard I that did. they were all very good. I had a, some kind of Tardis. Whatever the Thursday themed drink was. Whatever it was. It was very tasty and <laughs> I paid a lot. I paid like 10 bucks for that thing. Uh-huh. So. So good for you. So I wouldn't usually do that. I did have a beer, but it was all the way up in our room and we were downstairs mm-hmm. doing things and yeah. I didn't want to leave. So No, and we were downstairs doing things because like for years now we have, you know, helped with the setup and we a couple of years ago started bringing pronoun ribbons. Mm-hmm. And the first year we did it, we brought a few hundred and didn't expect it to be a thing, but we ran out. Mm-hmm. The following year, we brought just over a thousand total between all three pronoun sets. And then our friend Jemant brought some as well. Mm-hmm. And those were almost out. Then we got permission to have them set out at registration. Mm-hmm. And so for a couple of years now, that's been the thing. And that's kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. And good on the registration team because, I mean, you and I interact mostly with back-of-house folks like Robbie and their team who's like managing things behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. We don't so much interact with the the people who are out front running with Sean and, and the front-of-house folks. But Sean strikes me as a very respectability politics kind of gay Okay. And so I didn't know if he would be on board with having those, but from what I hear, he 
didn't say boo about it. Mm -hmm. And so the head of registration was just like, yep, good, whatever. Just keep them down there out of the way. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome. Right. So 4,000 ribbons we brought, Mm -hmm. of which between 24 and 2,500 were used. And that's a lot of the con. That's a lot of the con. Um, I saw some people with more than one on. Yes, that's true. Mm -hmm. Um, But there were other people without one. Because mine said they, them, and I was wearing usually either non-binary colors or genderqueer colors, which I posted on our uh, social medias today a picture of my badge because it had the purple adult section on the top and then the green pronoun ribbon on the bottom and it looked like the genderqueer flag and it just made me happy. Mm -hmm. But wearing other things like that, I would often have people coming up to me who were wearing more than one pronoun ribbon and being like, these are me because they saw my hair bow or my lanyard or my bracelet or, you know, visibility matters. So I try and always have something. Right. And so, yes, I know there were plenty of people who had taken more than one but most of them were doing it as an actual act of self-expression and not as a jokey, ha-ha, attack helicopter bullshit. No, they, they seemed quite happy about it, the people I saw. Yeah. We were like, I decided I wanted all of them. And if that's the decision you made right then, like, if you're just coming to that because we have these freaking ribbons out, like, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. We're helping. Yes. So... That was fun. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that was really fun was realizing that some of these people we've been interacting with for a few years Mm -hmm. are like actually low-key celebrities. Mm -hmm. Like my actress friend who I didn't realize was an actress and our comedian friend who I didn't realize was just as damn awesome of a comedian as she is. Mm -hmm. And like being able to make all these friendships with people who I'm just like, you're smart or you're funny or you know, you're just enjoyable to be around Mm -hmm. because we have this shared fandom. But then being like, oh, I'm friends with that person. I didn't realize they had that status or Mm -hmm. being able to also make a lot more of the people who had been acquaintances or what a lot of people will call con friends, Mm -hmm. people who you see once or twice a year when you go to these events and they also go to them and you've seen each other's faces enough that there's a familiarity in your brain and you smile at each other. But High is about as far as it ever gets. Mm -hmm. And we turned a few more of those people into actual friends this year, too. Mm -hmm. And that was really nice. I'm tired, but... You are tired. I'm not as as tired as I was after the con. And last year, you were that tired, and this year I was. Yeah. So, so very tired. Yes, very, very. It was ridiculous. Yes. I stayed up too late every single night. Yeah, but I'm not a night person. I think it was good for you, though, because it was that escape. You know, it was more time awake doing things that were not child-reary. True. And so even though it may have taken a temporary toll on your physical well-being, I think overall it was good for your mental and emotional well-being. Yes, I think so too. Which is good because the the drama didn't stop when the kid came home because as you're getting this information that, yes, the kid came home and then, you know, we had had these calls into his psych to try and get his meds fixed, like we talked about last month, that he needed to get these other meds back. Right. And about a week or so ago, she had told the office, no, I can't do that because I can't do med changes because I'm out of state. That's what she had told them. Which I was ready to throttle somebody at that point. <laughs> and I just thought, well, that's effing useless. Yes. But, but she called. And actually, she called before he got home. 
from school, but he wasn't going to end up having meds until that night. So I was just texting my work wife saying, hey, when you get home tonight, let me know and I'll tell you where his meds are because the doctor called. I was so excited the doctor called. And here's the thing. You already had the meds. You didn't have to wait for a prescription because when we had taken him off of that particular med... I still had some of the prescription. You did. And they never canceled the prescription, did they? No, they didn't. I had the pills, and there's probably some at the pharmacy, but they're the wrong amount per day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the doctor called and left a message, but she left her number, and so I called her right back. Like her direct line? Yeah. She, yeah. And uh, she said, well, I, you know, I was really thinking about this, and he was on those meds before, and, you know, so it's not really a med change. It's you're just going back to the meds, and he, it looks like he's been off of them for 12 weeks, but, you know, he was on them for quite a long time before that, and so I think it's okay if we go ahead. And I said, oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. And I told her some of the things he had been doing. So I was just so happy. I was doing a happy dance, and I had to run over there and find you and tell you what happened, and you did a happy dance, and that was and then we almost were happy as dancing. good at... Be, uh, almost as good as being a galley. <laughs> a great galley and he has meds. Oh, Woo. yes. Yeah. So that was totally great. And was there anything queer about galley? I wore my trans shirts. Oh, you did? Yes. You wore your That's trans queer. shirts? Yes, I did. And the first night I wore one of my Ruth Doctor shirts that I painted. Mm-hmm. Nobody said anything. And I think that nobody's noticing anything because they're all like wound up about being there. Yeah. Because I wore the second one to take pictures when we went to have pictures with Pearl Mackey. Yes. They turned out fabulous. They did. She's a fabulous person. She is phenomenal. She was complaining about the fact that she couldn't go to the LGBTQ meetup because they had scheduled her panel at the same time. And she was... She was like, that's bad planning. Not exactly dragging Sean about it, but she was dragging Sean about it. I, yeah, I don't know if she was thinking of Sean, but she was just thinking, that's yeah, wrong. Like, that's wrong. That's the wrong way to plan this. Who planned this. that? That was bad but, planning. Oh, well. And I'm like, yes, we know who, who planned it. Thank well, you. This, there were different things on the schedule that were different this year. And some of them, I mean, there's always something that's going to clash. Mm-hmm. You don't expect that one to clash. No. And Especially not when one of the queer people is doing the interview for that. But You would think. Here's but, the thing. One of the things that was really, that was different is the Verity in defense of. Oh my gosh. Which, this is always a highlight of the con. It's a highlight con. of the con and I love it. Because the whole premise of this. Like, I will put my whole schedule around when is the Verity in defense of. They say they're canceling it next year, that they're not going to do it. We'll see if that holds because I think it would be okay for it to be less good next year and that's, it's still going to be damn good. I mean, like, if this year went up to 11, even if we dial it back to six, it's still really fucking funny. It went up to 12 or more, really. It really did. And I don't think they need to top it. But it was on Friday instead of Sunday. And I think that that was good because um, sooner is better as far as I'm concerned. So friends, if you don't follow our Twitter and you didn't see Verity as the top of the signal bumping other female and non-binary podcasting people, which was the thing that went around this week. Um, I also put Game of Rassel on because Riley and then, oh, I can't think of their GM's name, but they- Ben? 
Ben is a they, mm-hmm. and I don't know, something else. But yeah, list 10 and mm-hmm. pass it on. Right. And then the people who get named are supposed to then list 10 and pass it on. And we had gotten named by somebody else. So then it was my responsibility to list 10 more and pass it on. Mm-hmm. And Verity was at the top of that list. So anyway, if you didn't see the signal bump in our Twitter this week about going and listening to Verity was at the top of our 10, 10 female and non-binary podcasters list on Twitter. The premise of this panel is that you take indefensible ideas and you have to defend them Mm -hmm. for a given period of time to the stopwatch. Yes. And it would be things like defend the sixth doctor's big ugly coat or defend a certain villain or defend a certain thing that's fairly universally loathed by fandom you know, indefensible ideas. And you have to defend um, male panelists interrupting female panelists to, you know, get their own point across. (laughs) And so defend, this is more of a comment than a question. Yeah. (laughs) Which at their meetup, somebody said that and and one of them said, oh, no, that's not allowed. (laughs) Yes. Well, and and this is an ongoing joke because the year before, um, Riley Silverman had said, this is more of a question than a comment. (laughs) (laughs) And I love her. So yeah, that kind of thing. And that panel this year was off the charts. It was. And they're saying they're never going to do it again, but they I, say God, they, I hope they do. They say they don't think that they should because they can't beat that. But I think- I don't think they need to part, beat it. In part, they're just, they, I hope they're just saying that because they're like, there's no way to beat that. Well, no, there's not, but that's okay. Um, yeah. It'll, it'll do six and five and seven and it'll sometime hit 12 again. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it was insane. It was epic. Uh, Impromptu renditions of defying gravity. And yes. Yes. Odd. I, I, don't, yeah, I wasn't was there. Finale. You were there. I was doing yeah. other things. That I wish I had finale. been there. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I try to get you to go, but, but you're not as good at maneuvering your schedule around. Right. Of your other obligations, whereas uh-huh. I'm all about moving my schedule around for the other obligations. Yeah. And see, I had committed to helping some people with some things. And so I wanted to yeah. follow through on that commitment. Well, I had that problem when, when you went to Game of Rest. But I did get to go to the end of it. Yes, the last half hour, and it was so great. I just wanted to see them because I, when I listened to them, yeah, you know, I wanted to see them. And it's funny because earlier in the weekend, I had heard Ben's voice, the GM, and I was like, I know that voice. And I turned around and I was like looking around for my mental image of Ben, and it I was no not idea. A Ben. I had no idea what Ben looked like. Yeah. I had no mental image. Well, see, that's funny because you're a picture thinker. And so it's funny to me that you wouldn't have developed a mental image of these people. And I'm sure that part of it is like the characters that they play in these role-playing games, they describe these characters and I've kind of tied them in, but the GM didn't have any description of. No. No, I have people without faces in my picture, Hmm. you know. That is funny to me. Mm -hmm. So we did sit in on Riley's interview of Pearl instead of going to the the queer meetup, which is why you had brought your trans shirts this year, because last year you didn't have the trans shirts. And I don't think if you had them the year before either. And you kind of get the side eye from half the people and the extra attention from the gay boys. I did have the trans shirt last year, but it doesn't matter. Okay. It just says I'm trans. It doesn't mean I'm not gay. You know, those boys don't know that I'm not gay. Right. I'm standing there. I might be. They should talk to me and find out, right? I guess. I would. Okay, then. But I'm probably biased. (laughs) 
Possibly. Yeah, but we did go to the panel of the interview with Pearl and it was really fun. That's great. Really fun. Oh, last year was the one that I couldn't get in. It was standing room only. It was too full. For? For the LGBT meetup. Oh, You were yeah. already there, remember? I was I, in the hallway too. Yeah. And they had an icebreaker of like, you know, a bingo icebreaker. Find someone who does this or has that or is this. I did take the paper, but I just didn't. And it was You're like not a, that was kind it like of introvert. On a, a Sunday or something or was yeah. it Saturday afternoon? Although it's good that they're putting it in the afternoon now. The first few years that they had an LGBT meetup, again, that respectability thing, all of the LGBTQ events, the meetup, and then the discussion panel about LGBT who, and all of these things were like at nine o'clock at night, the first couple of years that they even existed. Mm-hmm. Like it was clear that the person doing the scheduling felt that we belonged after dark. I had never thought about it, but... Oh, a lot of the people who were there I, had thought I about it. I understand other people did. Yeah. So, that uh, that was a thing. That it happened in the middle of the day. So, that was good, even if it was opposite the interview between, I think, the first trans interviewer on that main stage ever mm-hmm. was our friend Riley, the amazing, wonderful Riley Silverman, who you should go and find her album, Intimate Apparel, and see her if she's ever performing near you because she's amazing. Although I think she may be stepping away from actually doing stand-up for a while to do writing and stuff. But mm-hmm. anyway, she's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. She is. And I think that was the first trans interviewer on the main stage interviewing a queer black woman. And holy fuck, it was amazing. And see, I didn't know anything about pro macking you know i didn't know if she's queer or straight or what because just because she plays a queer character doesn't yeah mean and that's what i was thinking too but then when she said something about like she was upset about missing the queer meetup and i was like okay i think that's her way of coming out to us oh see i didn't hear her say that i heard this is a good example folks of jess and i discussing what we thought we heard <laughs> to each other even if the other one said it sometimes mm-hmm. but we didn't in this case i thought Riley said, well, some of them might not be here because they might be at the LGBTQ meetup. And I thought Pearl said, well, that was poor planning. Yeah. No, she had said something in that same snippet of conversation about wanting to have been there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Which may or may not actually be yeah. her saying that she is queer. She may have just wanted to attend as an ally. That is also possible. She didn't make it but. explicit that she wasn't either. Right. And so even if she's not queer, it's unusual if people don't. I, I, th- I find it unusual. I guess it can't. It doesn't have to be. Less right. so among her generation. Like, they're not so heavy into the no homo thing. Right. Like, they're not going to be like, I'm not queer, but, you know, they're just going to be like, oh, I wish I could have gone to that. Well, I got to see her at that and at another thing on another day, because the days blend together while you're there. Oh, yeah. Called This or That. And it was her and Tosin Cole and Michelle Ryan. Okay. They were to answer this or that questions and... Those panels and interview type things, especially on the big stage, start out with one or two interviewers, which they had asking the this or that questions. And then they let people come up just like if they're going to ask questions, you know, regular questions. But they made it clear at the beginning it had to be a this or that question. And Chocolate um, or strawberries or cake yeah. or pie. Yes, or beer or wine. Her answer was both. <laughs> um 
Whereas Tosin was like, uh, just have some tea. That's funny. Or some rum. Rum. Yeah. <laughs> of course. And Michelle was like, no, I'll just have tea. Yes. Um, but one of the kids came up. So there's a whole bunch of people in a uh-huh. room. And probably about halfway or more than halfway through the fans lined up at the microphone. There was a lot of kids that came up. And okay. One of the kids says, Daleks or Cybermen? Oh, gosh. And, and Pearl's like, um... I'm going to have to say no Cybermen. <laughs> and her delivery was perfect. That's totally great. Yeah, she's very clever. She's very clever, yeah. Yay. So, but they were having fun up there. Uh-huh. They were all giving each other a hard time. Yeah. Which is part of the fun. It is. Yeah. And these things are so much fun. And I don't think, aside from the con t-shirts, I don't think we actually spent much time in the dealer's room. Like, we didn't buy things this I year. I went through the dealer's room twice. I was sort of looking for... Christopher Eccleson's new book. Oh, yeah. And I didn't see it, but it was very crowded, and I didn't have enough time to look everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then the only other time I was in there was right inside the door Mm -hmm. when I was getting his autograph for my work wife. Christopher Eccleston is her doctor. Yes. And... Her doctor that makes her drool. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So... He he is the kind of man that she is attracted to. Yes. And um, I knew that I could get a autograph that was that said it was to her to her name yes so, so um, i think she definitely deserved that after she deserved it anyway having to deal she with really the deserved it after yeah and i all the christopher eccleson things were really really crowded because he hasn't been to no cons and he hasn't been any all doctor who cons at right, all right right the first one so people were lined up all day to get into afternoon autographs Yes. And uh, so those very last autographs, he did autographs each day he was there. Mm-hmm. And so at the last one, it was scheduled like 3 to 4.45. Oh, gosh. And he stayed till after 6 until all the autographs were done. Aww. And he would talk to each person. He is such a cinnamon roll. He is so sweet and so, like, good-hearted. And, you know, he didn't do a lot of Doctor Who things because he was experiencing a lot of challenges at the end of his, you know, during that season. And after getting treatment for his mental health to jump right back into Doctor Who events and such would have been to re-traumatize himself. He needed some space Mm -hmm. and some distance Mm -hmm. and some processing before he could get back into it. And so he's only just now, like a decade and a half later, finally starting, like, he finally only, healed from yeah, all that stuff. And- that he's able to start attending these events and talking about his time playing a doctor. So on Sunday, which was his second interview, because there's two sets of interviews mm-hmm. so that everybody has a chance to get in there. Yeah. We went down and waited for a couple hours in line. Yes. And even so, like... You know, the, the whole place was very, very full. There was a little standing room still. The first interview, they had had to turn people away. They were at capacity, fire code. They couldn't take any more people in. But they said that if you got there an hour in advance the following day, they would guarantee that anyone who was there an hour in advance would get in. But well, in order to get in the line an hour in advance, we were there almost two hours in advance. Yes. <laughs> We were, and people were there. And and, and we were nowhere near the front of the line. There had been people lined up since 6 a.m. Yeah. So. So I, 
I liked a couple things that he said, and I did. I told him I I related to a couple things he said. I I didn't get to say you know that much. I just got to say a little bit. But one of the things I I liked that he said is that he tries not to yell at his kids, and I thought, me too. So (laughs) that means that, you know, you end up yelling at your kids and you don't mean to, but I mean, you know, that he purposely doesn't want to, but yeah, it's a struggle basically overcome. Yeah. The parenting that he had. Yes. Which a lot of us struggle with, I think, you know, not only that, but we all struggle with doing better than our parents did, but he particularly had a unique set of challenges to overcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he lived a, a, you know, he's the same age as my work wife. Same same year. Yep. Yeah, he's just um, a couple of years younger than you are. Yeah. So, um, but he had a very different life mm-hmm. over there where he was. And, yeah. And, you know, when I was a kid, people in the city and country had very, very different lives. Mm-hmm. I think they still do to an extent, but because of the internet, not exactly. Yeah, that, that gap is, is narrowing, but it's still quite different. The as lifestyle is still very different, but you're not as isolated. by the electoral college. Yeah. It was so. interesting to hear, because there's a lot of Brits there, to hear them complaining about Boris pretty much the way we complain about over here. 45, yes. So. So that was good. Yes. Is there anything else gendery? Anything right. else worth mentioning? Anything else that really struck you as a parent or as a queer or as... It, what struck me as a trans guy, and I think I mentioned to you, is I felt like there was somebody that, you know, like you said, you recognize people each time. and. Mm-hmm. So usually when I go, I do have my beard the first day, and then I'm gonna when I'm gonna do cosplay, I shave my face. Yes, but I wasn't gonna do cosplay this year. Mm-hmm. I had decided that in advance, but it's good I decided it because with my shoulder still being very very bad and needing to be taped, lugging another suitcase around would have been no good. Correct. Trying to wear cosplay and move around, you know. Right. I mean, all those layers that some of the doctors have on are probably very cozy when they were filming in Cardiff. (laughs) Not so cozy inside of a con. Yeah. Uh, Or way too cozy for my taste. But So, yeah, um, that was... But you noticed that... So I noticed this one woman that I've seen every time and usually I'm friendly to. And, you know, it could just be my perception, but I also, like I've talked about, have this awareness of women who are uncomfortable around me as a man because they're not sure what my scoop is. Mm -hmm. And I saw her a lot around there. Okay. And I would try to be friendly and I felt like I was a a bother to her due to my gender And and my presentation with my beard rather than my cosplay or... Yeah, and when you're cosplaying, it sort of breaks that down because you're playing a character. You're not some dude, you're a doctor, and other people will approach you, and that it's like an invitation to interaction. Yes, and to talk about that doctor's shows and about your costume. and. But then when you're just walking around in a nobody-knows-I'm-trans t-shirt. Well, and I I had my Ruth t-shirt on, my Ruth doctor t-shirt one day, two days, because, well, a day and a quarter, because Mm -hmm. I put it on for Pearl. I don't remember if I took it off after that. I don't remember. I don't think I did because I had been real sweaty in the morning helping with some other stuff. Right. That was labor intensive um, because I'd have to do everything with my left arm. (laughs) Yes, because your right arm was still busted from having to restrain the kid. So I was sweaty in my uh, this is what trans looks like t-shirt mm-hmm. and in the afternoon changed into the other Ruth doctor's t-shirt. So I had that. I had my Capaldi uh, t-shirt mm-hmm. of... You have tuxedo sh- tees. Yes. For uh, what, 12 and... And the one I made. And Ruth. Yes. 
Yes. Joe okay. Martin, the doctor. Yes. So, uh, and my other two shirts were my trans shirts. So, oh, I did wear to our reception one night. I wore. Um, you wore my Graham cosplay. Your Graham cosplay, which is really low key cosplay. It's kind of stealth cosplay. It is, but but you know, so it's like cosplay that you can get away with wearing to work. Yeah, you know, like, because it's a uh, polo shirt and a jacket and with a jeans with a West Ham pin on your jacket and yeah. your hair combed a certain way that you never actually comb it. And right. Yes. But it's okay. I, but, I enjoy it. Yeah, no, you're good. And I like it. And I was really hoping that we would find a grace for your gram to get a picture with. I didn't even see the Ruth doctors. There was at least... There were two or three, two, but two or three, we yeah. were always busy doing other things. We never came I never across bumped them. Into, I we saw pictures saw, of yeah, them. Yeah, pictures of them online. Yeah. So when you were just being some dude, mm-hmm. and albeit some very out as trans dude, but still some dude, this woman who you have interacted with numerous times before was experiencing some sort of anxiety about interacting with you or expressing some sort of discomfort or standoffishness. Yeah, sort of like, oh, there's that guy again. What is he doing? Or what is he going to do? That type of thing. Safety that math. I- She was doing safety math, exactly. I could see it on her face. Yeah. And I felt badly. Yeah. And you're talking about another podcaster who is probably also used to having people looking at her and that imbalanced social interaction. And mm-hmm. so she's also probably got that aspect going on in her head, too. She probably does. But nonetheless... Nonetheless, I, I felt very bad every time I saw that look on her face because I knew that what I was perceiving as her safety math is an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. And because I'm not... It takes me a long time to get used to interactions. Mm-hmm. I'm finally used to interacting with a lot more people at mm-hmm. Galley and just talking to people. Right. I didn't know what to say. Right. But I think next time I would say something something. By next year, I'll have that figured out. Yeah. It takes the introvert about a year to well, work on this, any problem like that. And the thing I've talked to my coworkers about, because one of them, the jaded dude in particular, is always impressed by my skill at managing phone calls, working for the state government. We get phone calls from all sorts of people about all sorts of stuff that really isn't what we do, but I still need to be respectful and appropriately helpful as I am able. And so I just develop these scripts in my head of, okay, here's your problem. Here are the three things that I say in that order and transfer you to the right person or give you the right phone number. Or my buddy's saying, oh, well, I I always come off like I'm being snarky. And I said, that's because you're thinking about what you're saying. You just need to come up with a script. Mm -hmm. And so over the next year, you will come up with a script so that you don't come off as snarky or creepy. You'll just know the thing to say and the way to say it. Yeah, I would just, during these interactions, I was just kind of like, oh, no. I'm I'm not really the creepy guy. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, shit, now I probably really look like a creepy guy. So the other thing, speaking of safety math, was the bathrooms had signs saying, we welcome everyone to use the bathroom that they're most comfortable using. We welcome diversity and all gender identities. Mm-hmm. And I overheard some people talking while I was in a stall. There were some people out in the other part of the bathroom talking and saying, why does it have to be about diversity? Why can't people just go and use the bathroom? And I'm thinking to myself, okay, you have never had security called on you or anyone who you're close to. Never had somebody yelling, there's a man in the bathroom. (laughs) You have never had your safety jeopardized because you were a member of diversity. 
So that and that's, so that sign's not for you. That sign's for the people who need to know that they're safe in the bathroom. Right. But the fact that you're making it about that means that I don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. And you are probably making more than just me feel unsafe but by going a, off about why does it need to be diversity. You didn't have a script to go give them, did you? I, I was in the stall and I wasn't about to pause what I was doing to go and give them the script. Yes. But you considered what the script would be. I might have a script put together by next year. Okay. So. Yeah. I want to give them some men's shoes and make them go in a stall somewhere in the south so somebody can yell, there's a man in the bathroom. And then you come out looking like this kind of figure, but you had men's shoes sticking out from under the stall. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right now we're preaching to the choir. We can be I I know. So. Is there anything else? Is that it for now? That's it that's pertinent to this to Gally. Uh, to this conversation. Okay. Yes. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. Are you good? As good as it gets. Hopefully only for tonight. <laughs> if this is as good as it ever gets. We're really fucked. Oh my. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready? Yes. Hi. Right now we're preaching to the choir. We can be I, I know. <laughs> they have some other ideas, I'm sure. Our choir. One of these years when I have the time and energy, I'm going to work with our local LGBT center to develop a youth choir because ever since I was doing my student teaching in Grand Rapids and our group was introduced by an MC who said, these kids put the Q in choir. I was like, one of these years I need to direct a queer choir. Mm -hmm. That would be great. (laughs) Wouldn't it? Yeah. But who's got time for that? I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.